Good Monday morning, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and thank you kindly for joining us here on Real Talk with Keith Smith. We're live in downtown Charlottesville, guys, in the I Love Seville studio on a show that airs across every social media platform. Today's program is absolutely dynamic, where you, the viewer and listener, can shape the discussion of the show. We're going to champion the Hispanic community today. We're going to spotlight real estate. We're going to spotlight small business, food and beverage, restaurants. We're going to talk inventory. We're going to talk trends and where markets are going. We'll have crystal balls. Are they cloudy from time to time? Sure. But for the most part, the real talk with Keith Smith, um, Crystal Ball has proven to be correct. And he's got five years of track record to prove that. And Judah Wick- Wickhauer is our director. If you can go to the studio camera and then four shot Judah and welcome a talented panel on a chilly Monday. Ricardo Cruz Duran is in the house. Johnny Ornalis is in the house. And of course, our star, Keith Smith. Gentlemen, good Monday morning. Good morning. Morning, gentlemen. Morning. And, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, Burr. That's all I got to add, add, <laughs> add to that. But I want to kick off with my dear friend uh, Johnny here. You know, you, you've, you're, you're a super success in the restaurant space, and uh, El Mariachi's is kicking, kicking tail. But talk to us a little bit. Give us an update since our last chat about your new uh, venture on Main Street, Mexicali. Well, Mexicali. 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 Yeah. That's all right. I can barely speak English, my friend. Yeah, so. no. <laughs> no, Mexicali's going well. We're just a little bit of a delay. Um, but uh, we've been moving forward. You know, we're, uh, we've been kicked out of the kitchen for a little bit. So uh, let's put a little damper the on The fun stuff. of construction. The fun of construction and finding. Oh, um, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's funny. We, Jerry and I talk about not funny, but. It's unfortunate, but we talk about this, you know, new construction versus renovation all the time. And, you know, whenever you're going to do a renovation, which is what you're doing, yeah. you never really know what you're going to find until you find it. Mm-hmm. So it was done, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to piece it back in, especially walking into a space that you know nothing about. You know, you look at it, but looking doesn't uh, do a whole lot. Well, I'm excited. Me too. Everyone's excited. Yeah. I'm excited for you to get in that kitchen and start playing around. You know, everything else is done. The bar's done. <sighs> really? I'm excited about that. We got liquor that. on the shelves. Yeah. <laughs> and did you get an ABC license? Oh, yeah. We got liquor Ooh. on the shelves. Yeah. We're just waiting on final final health department. I have to make a note of that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I just got to get back in the kitchen make you some good food. I'm in. Mexicali, the old world of beer spot. Everyone in this community is extremely excited for the grand opening. Viewers and listeners, it will happen. They are working on, and I think this is safe to say, repairing some of the lacking of TLC with the previous tenant. Johnny's bringing everything up to speed. Um, We will keep you updated on all things Mexicali on today's program. But we have to get Ricardo Cruz Duran in the mix. Yes, sir. Thank you. Introduce yourself to the viewers and listeners. Well, I uh, my name is Ricardo Cruz Duran. Um, some people may know me as Ricky. Other people may know me as Ricardo. Other people as Antonio is my second name. I go all over, but uh, I am a mortgage professional with UBA Community Credit Union, and I also uh, manage the Hispanic segment of the entire footprint of UBA Credit Union. And I'm uh, also the incoming vice president for the NAREP Central Virginia chapter. NAREP stands for uh, National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals. I love it. I love it. How long have you been uh, in the game, Ricardo? Uh, not too long, um, but I've been here since, in UBA Credit Union, doing mortgages since 2017. That's, that's, so you, not, so not you, long. that's long enough. You've been on both sides of the, as I call the unicorn years, right, which are, mm-hmm. you know, the... Zero percent interest, or damn close oh, to zero yeah, percent. that was fun. interest and all on all that stuff. So when you started in seventeen, the interest rate was probably in the fours. I would I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was uh, slightly over um, four, and then. So I'm yeah. I'm ex- I'm excited to jump in right because I'm also on the NARAP board, and, yes, and thank you for allowing me to be be part be part of it. Um, but talk a little bit about that because you know we, the, the 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 chat that I want to have initially was what, what is it right what are we trying to do what are we trying to achieve because you know when we get to Johnny here in a minute we're going to talk about about that the Hispanic community by far is creating more businesses, mm-hmm. employing more people, mm-hmm. but we have to house them. So let, let's talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit. Yeah, well, NAREP, uh, the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, 
um, is really just a, a house, right? It, it, I think about it like a house is where professionals can come, uh, real estate professionals, and and drive their business. Um, if they're starting the business, they can grow it with NARP. Uh, it's a place where you can network, um, meet a lot of uh, people, a lot of professionals, uh, not only locally, right? Uh, we have very good local professionals, um, but we also have nationwide professionals um, all over the United States, thousands of people that you can get into and ask any question you'd like. So it's just about networking, growing your business, real estate professionals. That's in a gist. And, and you do not have to be Hispanic to join. Correct. Obviously. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we want to we want to get that out. Right. Just anybody <coughs> interested uh, in tapping into the Hispanic market, um, then you can you can join. Yes, sir. So you know, I'm looking at from NARUP's report. It's, it's this is 2022 numbers, right? We mm -hmm. haven't got the 23 numbers out here, uh, but f in the state of Virginia, 53% of Hispanics or Latinos, mm -hmm. and correct me if I'm saying something wrong, gentlemen, I want to make sure I'm doing this right, 53.5% uh, are, are homeowners. So they're the largest growing percentage of homeowners. So why is that? Why is the, the, the Hispanic market or the Hispanic uh, family so um, vested in becoming homeowners? Jump in, guys. You know, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's progress. Um, you know, Latinos tend to create a path, and first, first of all is working, and then ownership probably of businesses, which a lot of us has done. Mm -hmm. But also, it's back to family. So you have to have, you know, a base for your families. And you push a lot towards, you know, we lived, when we were here, in, uh, when we moved to Charlottesville, you're talking about having 10, 12 people with you in your home. You know, I live with half of the Guadalajara staffing in our house, you know. So, you, and, and you want to, yeah, it's nice, but, I mean, after a while it gets old. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know nothing about that. I, I'm the, the oldest to say it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know nothing about that. Um, but, Particularly I mean, at a certain age. <laughs> but I, at, your, your goal after that is ownership. I mean, you want to have your own house to be able to do your own things. And you want to be able to have a house so you, your, your children feel like they're in a safe space as well. You know, it's all about family. So you want to, you want to build that, that bubble. Me and my wife call it bubble. You know, mm -hmm. you want to create that bubble where you can, your kids and your family members are safe and are content. So it, it's, it's a big thing about our culture. You know, you want, you want your kids are always first. So you want to create something for them. So ownership starts that base off. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's a good question. And uh, it's easy to answer from a perspective of experience. Um, where I come from, El Salvador, and many of you know um, that I grew up um, in El Salvador in a very small, not even a city, not even a town. It was just a, like a village, right? Um, and um, we grew up in a in a house that was not even brick walls. It was not. Um, uh, it wasn't. You know how they build those um, walls with mud sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, well, it wasn't even that. It was even lower than that. Uh, where even a a wind could, if it was a strong wind, it could knock it down. Right? It was that bad. And and the flooring. It wasn't like hardwood floors or here like um, laminate flooring. Um, it was just uh, like when it rained, it was mud, right? So really, uh, I come from the lowest, lowest point. But in my mind growing up, um, my parents, they always did everything they could to, like Johnny said, to have their kids in the best way they could, right? And so... Uh, from that perspective and, and just from experience, um, my parents would always fight um, very hard to um, bring the meat. But sometimes there was no meat. Sometimes it was just beans, <laughs> right? Um, beans or even rice or not even that. Sometimes you would just eat an onion with salt on it, right? And that was the, that was the lunch. So from, from that perspective, now that you have that understanding, um, 
it wasn't just me and my family. Think about millions, thousands of families living like that in their country. Um, wh what would you do if you were in that situation and you knew of a place that you could succeed, uh, you knew of a place that you could go to and grow, right? You knew of a place you could go to and have your kids living at the best life they could without any worries. Well, that, that was my parents, and that was the parents of many families. Well, and, and, and that's really the, the situation here. And, and you asked, why are Hispanics uh, growing that number? Why, why, why Hispanics? Why anybody else, right? And it's because of that. We come from that very low place, and we come from the very low um, perspective that we can only see forward. We can't go any lower. So right. I, uh, thank you, for, thank you, Ricardo, for sharing yeah. that. That 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 is uh, heartfelt, and I got a little chills up my back. Um, yes, sir. There's a gentleman uh, that Yona and I follow. He happens to be Irish, called uh, Brian Buffini, and he talks about what's called the immigrant edge. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm I'm looking at the percentage of some slides from different invest, uh, investment firms talking about the percentage of Hispanics that open up businesses, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. huge on it. But it's because of this immigrant edge, right? And, you know, it's, it's, we're talking Hispanics, but it's not exclusive to, his, no, to Hispanics, not. right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. My wife is, is an immigrant. My wife is from, from Austria, and she's yeah. probably the most American person I've ever met <laughs> in my life. And I, I talk about this all the time around 4th of July on the show, um, one of the things that we religiously do is we go to the naturalization ceremony at, at um, Mont uh, Monticello. And if you ever really kind of get down about being an American, go there. Oh, yeah. Because what they do, mm -hmm. what the judge does is he asks folks to tell their story, just like you did. Mm -hmm. Right? And the story of where you started and how you got here. And inevitably, they always talk about paying it forward to their family and to Absolutely. their family to yeah. their friends and, mm -hmm. and, and helping that. So thank you, thank you for, for sharing, sharing that story. But I, I didn't get to, to the point you, you asked, which is how do you grow that? Like why are Hispanics growing that? And, and the thing is, right, the, the first thing in their minds is I want to make money, right? So people are moving here because of money, because they want to be successful in life. Their economies, uh, if, if economy is growing for them, then everything else will be fine. Right, uh, and that's the very first point. People see, or Hispanics, not, not just people, but Hispanics see home ownership as the way, the entrance to becoming economically um, good, right? It's funny you should say that. I'm looking at a slide from SoFi, mm -hmm. um, and it starts, um, where startup money for Hispanics businesses come from? And it's, it talks about uh, business owners with households under 50, and. 50,000 and business owners with household over 125. The one that's under 50, 56% of what, it, what they use mm -hmm. to start the business is their own cash, their personal yeah. savings. Yeah. On the 125, that number drops to 30, but 31, excuse me, 30% of it is the equity they have in their home. Mm -hmm. So home ownership is so important to Absolutely. grow, and that's the reason I was excited about having you two guys in, mm -hmm. because, you know, home ownership, and you can build your, your wealth, you can start building your businesses, but that's a huge, now you've got to jump from $50,000 yeah. to one hundred twenty-five. Mm -hmm. but, you know, home ownership is important if you wish to start a, start a business. Uh, Chuck Lehman, welcome to the program. Yeah. Thank you for watching the show. We appreciate you, Chuck. Uh, Josh Duran is loving uh, oh. what, uh, what they're hearing right now. Um, this question for you, Johnny. Give us the flip book of your success in restaurants. There you go. Mm -hmm. Like how you first started. Uh, I know it's tied you know, to family. The, yeah, the success to the restaurants has been tied, you know, fortunately. And again, like Ricardo said, you know, where you come from and what the, your family, going back to family again. Um, we have an uncle and various family members that started the businesses. But in the same dream, you know, my parents worked in the fields in California. My uncle, he worked in, I think it was a fiberglass company in California as well. So that dream, for some reason, ended up in Charlottesville and in Virginia. And um, 
I, you know, I can't take all the credit, but family, you know, persistence has been what's created what now, in reality, I can take advantage of and move forward with it. You know, my parents got a house. They started their businesses. And off of that, I can piggyback and grow even further without leaving anybody behind. You know, it's not about, I feel a lot of times Latinos also lose themselves where, and Ricardo, you could probably agree to this, you know, instead of helping ourselves, we kind of leave people behind. And I think that's, that's another path where we can help other Latinos I've seen that. grow. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not leaving people behind. It's not just you being the, the person that succeeds. Mm -hmm. it has to, you have to pull everybody else with you. Right. And that's what our family has done. We have not, it just hasn't been one or two people that succeeded and left everybody behind. This is, you know, Guadalajara is a large family base. I mean, I mean you're talking about hundreds of people that are together, that came together to create the empire that it is now. Um, and then, you know, we have branched off with mariachi and now me Mexicali, but it, it, it has been a group uh, contribution to all this. So would you uh, would you guys learn with uh, the branch off to Mariachi? I mean, El Mariachi, I mean, you're talking about one of the hottest, most popular <laughs> restaurants in this area. You yeah. guys are crushing. Uh, crush it, you, and you keep learning. You know, it's not, it's one of those things I don't think we ever stop. It's one of those things that you have to keep moving in, in business, in any business. You have to keep trying it's life, to improve. Brother. And, uh, and it's just, I mean, the, the niche is there. It's just trying to pinpoint in the sections that can improve and are improving. And that's what just gets you to moving forward. That's why it was an impulse for me to get into Mexicali because I can see, you know, from Guad, you learn from Guad, you learn from Mariachi, and you, and you learn how you can try to adjust to succeed. So we've worked together quite, quite, quite closely, um, and there's two things that I think are, are the secret here. Actually, three things. Two things. We'll start with the first two. Vision, and you're not really. This fear isn't there, right? You know, and it's if you come from nothing, yeah. right? You know, you know what nothing looks like. Mm -hmm. You know what it feels like. Right, you know, been there, done this, mm -hmm. all that before. So you know, but is the fear there? I get the impression the fear is there. It's just managed differently. Yes, it, how do you it, put that in perspective? It is managed differently. You know, the fear is always there. It just uh, is not crippling. You guys don't have paralysis a, of analysis. Like a, you, you manage right. it. The fear is there, but you always have to try to figure out how you can get out of that fear and what's gonna, what it's going to take to divert yourself from not letting the fear take you over as opposed to trying to succeed away from the fear. You know, I, yeah, I've got fear about Mexicali. It's, it's there. You know, sleepless nights, it's there. Two, three o'clock in the morning. We are just talking about that. Bro brother, um, amen. But, you know, you got to get up and you got to move forward. You can't let that fear take you over. I mean, it's, it makes no sense. If you let that do it, then it's, you're never going to succeed. If that fear took you over, we would have never got El Mariachi off yeah. the ground. And... And, you know, I will tell you as, you know, I helped you through it, so I was not part of it, but I had a few sleepless nights mm -hmm. on that, on that, if we were going to be really successful because there was something that was never done out there. No. There was never a sit-down restaurant out there of this kind of, of level, this type of, of, of sophistication. And, uh, man, it, it's rocking and rolling. Every time I go in there, I happily wait for a table with a big <laughs> grin on my face. Uh, Ricardo, yeah. your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, absolutely. Fear is always present, right, of, of anything um, that we do. Um, however, uh, with Hispanics, um, fear is often um, relatively easy to um, get over um, because you, you know where you come from, and you had fear then, but you, it, the fear that you have now is a type of fear uh, than you had before. Um, however, the easiest way to think about it is to have faith, right? If you have faith, you get over fear. Very, very simple, very easy. Um, but it's easier when you have a professional in front of you that you trust, right? That looks like you. It's Hispanic. Um, it's easier to trust somebody that um, knows where you come from. 
So that's, that's how you, you get over the fear. I would love to throw this to you. Um, getting into your line of work of financial services um, as a Hispanic, I mean, you talk about a barrier of entry and then a barrier of entry getting into the finance space. Yeah. Um, that's, I would not imagine, um, an easy path or a path that, not, that did not include a lot of potential uh, hurdles that you had to clear. Yeah, um, that's right. I mean, hurdles, yeah, we, we all have those. <laughs> but uh, but from, from where I come from, uh, it, was, it was really the first hurdle I, I needed to overcome was learning English, right? That was, even to today, I have a very accent. I have a, a strong accent. Dude, but, yours is flawless, man. No, thank you, thank you. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so when I came, I didn't even know how to say uh, or what hello meant, right? So that type of thing, you need first learn English. That's the, that's the first hurdle. Um, and then uh, getting into financial, it, it, it required... Uh, it's almost a language by itself. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. It's a completely different language. But it, it, for me, I'm very thankful for UBA Credit Union because... Man, they gave me an opportunity, and I'm not gonna easy give up that opportunity, you know. Um, because I, before working at UBA Credit Union, I was working at a different financial institution. I'm not gonna say name, but it's a large, a large bank, and um, yeah, way different, way different um, than UBA Credit Union. Uh, and I felt like family when I got to UBA and. And because I know where I come from, I'm always going to give it my best uh, to get through to the next level. That's always my question to my supervisor or, or my manager. How do I get to the next level? What do I need to do, right? And it's just like anything in life. If you want to succeed, you got to ask how to succeed, how to get to the next level. Because um, if, if you don't ask, you're never going to succeed. So while we're on that, uh, before, uh, thank you, Ricardo. Before we talk about everybody's favorite interest rates, um, uh, what was your barriers, right? You know, we know language, right? Some people say I have a language problem, so it's my Yankee accent. But, but you know, what were some of the barriers, and how did how did you over, overcome it? Uh, I'm looking at another slide here. Over half of the Hispanic business owners said they experienced some sort of prejudice, right? Let, mm. let's, let's call it what it is. It, it, what, what was our barriers? And maybe if you don't want to talk about it, we, we can move on. But, um, you know, what were the barriers and how did you guys overcome them? Uh, you know, but, uh, the biggest barrier, you know, I believe is language. And then after that is you know, what you run into, well, second of all, I would think is money. You yeah. know, the Hispanics aren't, we don't have the education on how the U.S. works financially. You know, you know money's there. You can keep it in your mattress all day long, but after that, you know, what are you going to do with it and how are you going to work with it? Um, Excuse me. Well, to that to that point, the slide I'm looking at yeah. at the fifty thousand and over, eighty percent of the money that took to start the business was either their cash or family members' cash. Mm -hmm. When it goes to a house, that number drops substantially. But to your point, it's it's cash driven. Oh, yeah. It's cash driven. You know, we're mm -hmm. in the Latino community. You're used to, you you know, the uh, banking system is different. You know, um, so you don't keep your money in a bank. <laughs> you know, you keep, keep it in a jar you. in the backyard. Yep. Um, yeah. So getting here, that's one of the, and I think anybody coming in is an adjustment that they have to do. You have to trust the banking system because in most of our countries, you don't trust the banking that's system. That's right. Yeah. You know, there is no trust in the banking system. Um, you know, I've been to banks in Mexico. I've been to banks in Peru, different areas, and it's it's even, it's a, you kind of have to take a step back. Mm -hmm. And you're like, why are they doing this? Why is it, you know, everything gets paid through the bank, but yet nobody wants to put their money in the bank. You know, they just have a few dollars to keep the account open so they can pay their utilities and taxes and all that through there. But then after that, it's Stolen like, the mattress. Yep, that's it, you know. So I think that's a big adjustment on trying to trust the banking system on how it works. Especially if you want to build the kind of wealth that comes through real estate ownership. Because yeah. you've got to have a track record of uh, 
savings and, and, and a relationship with the bank to get the kind of lending from Ricardo to buy the kind of real estate you guys want to do to grow. And credit. I, and credit. I mean, I want to highlight this, and he's mm-hmm. a very humble man here, but I'm going to give my man some props over here, Johnny Ornalis. Not only a talented restaurateur, this guy's going into the real estate investment space. Yeah. Um, so that's another even more risk of a leap uh, of faith and finances and, and, and fear. Yeah, uh, and you're managing that well because once you go from you know, running a business where you can see with your own eyes, buying a house that you're living in, raising with your kids, but now you're going into buying real estate where you're maybe not even walking in every single day, every week. It's, Put yeah. that in perspective. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely different. But you, know, you get a trusted advisor like this brother from another mother next to me. That'll do the work for you and guide you through it. Don't uh, tell people I work. What's wrong with you? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, it, it's, you know, we you, look a lot alike, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wow, okay. Like, like I said before, to succeed, you have to, you know, keep learning. Yeah. And from Jerry and Keith, I, I, you know, over the years, I followed you guys for quite a while. You know, you, you turn it on in the background, you listen, and you actually take the information in. That's You might not take it all in, but, I mean, you get the key words and stuff where you can ask questions. You're never and, afraid to ask a question, you know. right? But, Ricardo, talk a little bit, talk a little yeah. bit ab- about that because I, I don't want to make this about me, but from your perspective, mm-hmm. you know, getting the trust of the wow. people sitting in front of you is paramount. And how do we do that, and how do we get the trust uh, of the of the Hispanic community to trust the banking system mm-hmm. to do this because clearly the the path forward is home ownership right and and mm-hmm. to, to grow your your wealth and and then start your business up how do you do right. this yeah I mean coming from a uh, um, banking system that nobody trusts right like Johnny said he hit it right on the on the nail. Um, People don't trust financial systems in our country because there is a lot of corruption, right, in, in our countries. Um, and so coming to United States, all of a sudden you have a very trusted financial system that you don't know of. Um, and on that, I don't know, you may have the, the, the figures there, um, Keith, but there is hundreds of thousands of people that are underbanked in the United States and talk about well, Central, explain that term. Central Virginia underbanked. I mean, people that have banking accounts, and like Johnny said, they use it for cashing checks, um, having enough um, assets or cash in the bank to pay the bills, but no more than that. They have a bank account, but they don't use it, so they are underbanked. They don't know of all the solutions out there that a bank offers. Um, and it's because of the same thing. I mean, most of the underbanked people are Hispanics. A large number of those are Hispanics. And because they, they just don't trust, right? They, they come from a country. They, they couldn't find it. And here they have the opportunity. But how do you get over that hurdle is with what Keith asked. How do you get people to start buying and, and trust? Well, first of all, you have to have uh, a team that you, that you build or you surround yourself that you trust, first of all, as a professional. Because... In, in, my, in my example, if, if I want to help Hispanics, I want to make sure that I can close their loans, right? I want to make sure that my team is capable of understanding the Hispanic situation um, because each situation is, is unique. So if my processing team and my underwriting team don't understand, then I can't bring Hispanic business to them because they don't understand how to close them. Your level of burden is that much more because if it falls apart, yeah. then they trust it even less. Yeah, so I, I, I want to make sure I have my team, that I build my team that understands where the Hispanic is coming from and how their situation is different. And uh, so now, UBA Credit Union, um, you have my processors and I have... We have an amazing processing team that understands they can close them right, really quickly. And we have an amazing underwriting team that is in-house. And I love it because they truly understand where we come from. So that's the first step, right? Um, getting your team to understand where the Hispanics are coming from and how we can help them. The number two is um, having somebody that looks like them, right? Hispanics will usually shop with people that look like them and that speak their own language. Um, because most of them, 
don't don't speak English, or or most of them, or a lot of them speak English, but they don't feel that comfortable speaking in English, so they want to speak Spanish. So that's the other the, the the other step is having a team that looks like them that speaks their language, and then lastly, having a lot of marketing material, right, that um, will be tailored to them, to the way they do business, to the underbank community, that will bring them in and and let them know that we're here to help them. So that's that's how we would do that. And, and can I add another thing to your your second comment there? Um, having somebody that looks like them and. You know, there's there's also another there's a second barrier to that, Keith. Um, that you have, you, you, you know, we can look like each other, uh-huh. but then there's that other percentage that also is like, well, he's already up there, oh, and he he's going to take advantage of me uh-huh. because we mm-hmm. ran into that before, where it's like, you know, he's already he's. Not to pick. This is Ricardo. He's already. Oh yeah. yeah. He's just going to screw me over mm-hmm. because, because he he's like, already. He, he looks, looks like me, but he's already been through the system. Yeah. You know, and that's another percentage that also it makes things more. What difficult. about cultural differences from different countries? Is that? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's in? been more now. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think previously, yes, it was taken in more into effect. So I think now, probably in the last ten years, I've seen the shift over where. You know, culture still kind of, you know, between different areas might be a little bit, but I don't think it's a crucial point to where it's going to be a deal breaker. But there is that other percentage that's like, you know, he looks like me, but can I really trust him? Mm-hmm. Or is he? Because in, in their mind, or is he too cocky now that he's not? Or gonna, who did he screw over? Yeah, yeah. because of the mentality. Yeah. Or are they just rumors as well. Maybe yeah. something he had a bad. You know, uh, situation with 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 yeah. uh, family or this or that, and then the rumor gets rolling around well, the community. I think how you, know. you stop that is what Ricardo did yeah. to start. How how he? I mean, you just blew my mind. I mean, you grew up with a dirt floor, literally mm-hmm. with a dirt floor, mm-hmm. and that is as for as an American. Even though I grew up in a tenement in Brooklyn with a five-story walk-up, mm-hmm. to grasp that, I probably would never be able to grasp that. So, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. So, the the Hispanic buyer, mm-hmm. right? We Jerry and I have been talking about this to the point that I, we just don't want to talk about it no more, mm-hmm. which is inventory. I think a couple of years ago, we actually even banned the word. How's but, how's this book? How's the business going? Yeah, that's what I was going to get to. How's your business doing? Uh, business is. I'm very busy right now. Um, uh, last uh, week on Saturday, I, I, I was invited to do a first-time homebuyer seminar with uh, a, a few realtor connections that I have in, in Richmond. And man, that <clears throat> seminar was very busy. It was over 60 families. Yeah. I was expecting 20 families, and I brought 20 folders with information, and they were gone in, in a minute, of, uh, in five minutes. Uh, I mean. The business is is very very busy right now. We're getting calls all of the time. Um, sometimes I have to let them go into voicemail because I just can't get to them sometimes. And so that's what we're doing. We're building our team to be able to get to those people um, that we're losing right now because we c- we couldn't answer the phone um, on time. Um, but uh, to that point, we have a lot of people shopping. Uh, most of them are with the ITIN program. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many people here are familiar with that, but the ITIN is just a number. It's an individual tax identification number that the IRS issues um, to um, people that don't have uh, Social Security numbers. So those people are able to build credit with that ITIN number. It looks just like a social with nine digits. Um, and and uh, people can build credit. Uh, they can work with that number. They can report their income taxes on that number. They can do everything just like... Um, if you had a, a social security number. And so there's a lot of people that have that, that type of number, and most of our people that are looking right now are that kind of people with ITIN. So we have the conventional product that um, people are using to get into a home, and it's very affordable with only 5% down payment. So it's a very good product. So when you're talking to your, your clients, mm-hmm. um, how, how concerned or what is their feelings about interest rates or are they concerned about other things are they concerned about inventory or is it more about i'm focusing on monthly payment versus rent how does that conversation um for hispanics they they really want to 
learn what the rate is. Um, for some reason, they they really in in their mind is the higher the rate, the higher my monthly payment, which is which accurate, which mm -hmm. is very true. And so, uh, you will get Hispanics that are asking for the interest rate, but they're not going to discuss it too too deeply with you um, because they trust they trust that we're doing the right thing, and that's and that's what we do. So, how do you keep your Hispanic buyer clients? in the game when I'm looking at inventory that is beyond anemic. How do we how do we do that? That's hard. Uh, right now, very tough. I mean, there is a lot of people looking, uh, so oftentimes they have to look elsewhere. That's very common. A lot of people want to buy close to their to their job here in Charlottesville, but they can't find a place here <laughs> in in the three hundred thousand or, or two hundred and fifty thousand. It's just impossible right now. So they have to look elsewhere. They have to go like Waynesboro, um, even sometimes even farther than, than that, Rockersville or even Louisa. Louisa's big right now. I'm getting a lot of people with Louisa. Brother, yeah. amen. Uh, I looked at the 23 numbers. Louisa, it, you know, not the, it wasn't the same volume mm -hmm. as Outmore County, but it's outperformed mm -hmm. as far as a number of transactions every other jurisdictions within within car. And I think a lot of that is there's this um, 300, 350 new construction mm -hmm. that's happening in these one-off lots, you know, around, because mm -hmm. Louisa County still has on the books a development ordinance that allows you to cut up two-acre lots on a state road, mm -hmm. and that's what you're seeing a lot, a lot of, a lot of happening. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, I'm curious to your explanation why you think Louisa is outperforming everything else. Well, just like I was saying, um, it's, um, it's a it's a more affordable yeah, place. Affordability. Uh, that's one. Um, there's a more inventory over there that's coming up. That's number two. And the, and the the other thing is that people also look at the amount of bills they're going to have. Um, and uh, Hispanics, they want to pay as little bills as possible. Um, obviously, pay them on time and pay all the bills they need to pay. But the, the smallest, the, the amount of bills they need to pay, the better. And in, in Louisa, um, most of the homes, or, or if not all of the homes, uh, don't have a, a separate uh, water bill, right? So you or there's a huge mm -hmm. number growing outside of HOAs. Yes. That's right. And so the amount of bills is, is causing um, them to realize that, yeah, you may be able to live uh, in Louisa and still get to work um, on time and, and get used to it. I'll throw this to Johnny Ornalis. Um, Al Conseco's giving you some props. Eddie Moreno's giving you some props. Um, uh, how is the housing shortage or the lack of housing affordability impacting labor pool? And as you build your more restaurant units, because I see this man, uh, viewers and listeners watching the program, Johnny and his brother and his father, some of the best operators in Central Virginia when it comes to restaurants, bar none. To operate restaurants, you need labor. Um, how do you see housing and labor going hand in hand? You know, uh, I, I guess, unfortunately, I would say that a lot of the labor aren't homeowners. Um, we, we, you know, just the previous year, I've been trying to help one of our employees, you know, get into that path of owning his own home to improve his way of life and also to keep them working for me. <laughs> you know, there's always uh, that interest. Um, so I don't think housing is <clears throat> a big deal. Now, apartments, that's the other big, that is a big deal. The cost of rents, um, I think, has a lot of effect on mm. a lot of the workers that, uh, you know, the wait staff, kitchen staff. Um, and mm. we have had a, a slight influx of that, especially, and actually out in uh, Zion's Crossroads, it's a big, uh, that is a challenge out there. We got people driving from, we've got two cooks driving from Waynesboro, you know, every day. But they drive together? No. 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 So, and we've got a couple that are here from Charlottesville just because they haven't been able to find something yet out that way. Um, so there is where, you know, if they were able to get into, be educated more about housing, purchasing a house, there would be, you know, a niche there for them. Also, we've thought about investing into a home out there. 
for workers, um, but we haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, but I, I think it, it is it's a great idea. It, it does affect staffing. It hasn't been a big thing right now. Um, I know the rentals are higher in Charlottesville, but we've noticed that a lot of our employees just stick where they're at. They're not relocating just because their rent went up in their next re-signing of the lease because they know that around the area it's just more expensive. And they're seeing rents go up. And they're seeing rents go up. So there's no – and, you know, we try to – as much as we can, you know, there uh, a lot of our employees are very uh, – uh, they ask a lot of questions as well. And if you give them the right answers and you, they put the trust in you that you're trying to guide them in the right path of what they should be doing. Do you think inventory is going to pick up, Ricardo? <laughs> no, I think so, yeah. You think so? Why? Well, um, just now, look at, look at it. I mean, it's a lot of more listings um, happening. Just in my neighborhood, uh, we had uh, a couple of listings. In you live in the area? Uh, yeah, in Charlottesville. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, just a couple listings happened uh, in Sunset Drive um, of Charlottesville. And one of them listed last week on Monday, I believe, and it sold. It was under, under contract or pending within three hours of listing. So that's where we're going back to. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's my that's my idea Yeah, of the, well, the inventory. I, I, yeah. I'm going to let you finish because I, you and I differ on, differ on that. <laughs> well, I... I think a lot of people are um, going to uh, be putting more inventory, not the amount that we, that we expect, huh. right? The amount that we're looking for, because we're way, way down. But, um, but I think so. The spring market is, gonna, is coming and it's gonna hit up. Uh, a lot of people are getting out of their monthly payments. Uh, even though they got a, a low interest rate, a lot of people are suffering with those payments because of the inflation. Yeah. So to your sure. point, I track a week over week, mm -hmm. right? Um, so the good news is, is during pretty much November and December, it was an anemic 12, 15 units. We're now in the 30s. But to, to, to the, the spring market sprung January 1, in my opinion. So I'm just looking right now, seven days going back today, we had 39 units on. Uh, two weeks ago on the same Monday, we had 35. So we're right now kind of in this high 30s, low 40s. But the pendings two weeks ago, seven, in the summer thing, was 30. We're now at 60. So the pendings, the ones that went under contract, doubled. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of staying flat at the number of units. We're, we're double what we were in November and December, which was zero. Mm -hmm. But we are, we are and, I, and I've kind of been predicting this, as, as interest rates are dropping, you will start seeing stuff coming on, but the buyers are going to come in and yeah. big time. That is true. Are, are you seeing that? Yes, I have a lot of buyers that are waiting. Um, for example, in December, I had a, a, a lot of people pre-qualified, but they, like, they decided to wait because they... In their mind, they're seeing the news, right? They're, they're looking at the interest rates going down. It's, it's going to be even lower. And so they're, like, waiting to lock in, in into a low interest rate. Um, well, I mean, we'll see what happens, but... How, how but low yeah. do you think the rates are going to get? And that's a good question for an economist, right? Because uh, I'm not an economist, um, but in my opinion, just very humble opinion, it's probably going to be probably not this year, but... By the end of 2025, perhaps in the four and, and four and a half percent. Yeah, I, I think we're closer to five based on everything. But you're 100 percent right; it's going in that direction. I think the follow-up question that it is okay. Mm -hmm. We're below six, so as of right now, I'm looking at 6.6 .6 for a 30-year conforming. Yeah, right? got to have perfect credit. Yada yada yada. Mm -hmm. um, will that 39.40 units per week jump? If we go below six, will that help invent, Will that help people come on the market, bring houses on on the market? Um, and this is the talk show. What, whatever's yeah. on your mind. Well, I don't. I don't know the answer to that until I see. It's an it. honest yeah. answer. Yeah. And same question for Johnny. I mean, if you have, I mean, you're a businessman. You get a interest rate that is generational, if not historically low. Would you part with that home? or choose to take that home, keep that rate, run it out, and get something else? Yeah, see, I think, I think that's where we're going to run into an issue. I think that, uh, you know, if the interest rates go down, maybe if you were thinking of selling, yeah, you'll sell. But then with inventory the way it is, are you going to be able to find something else, you know, unless you're planning on using it as a, as a rental and then moving into somewhere else that you're, or moving away 
to, you know, the beach area and then live off your rentals. I mean, but it, the problem is that it, I don't think it's just specific to Virginia. So I think anywhere you go, you're going to have an it's issue country. in inventory. So I don't think I would part with my home. You as know, long as you financially can handle it. As, as right? long as you financially can handle it, you know, you might look into refinancing it, you know, dumping some more money into your home to get that if you're having issues with your, your monthly payment. But I, I wouldn't part away with it, not the way inventory is. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while. I've been doing this for three and a half decades. There's this mm-hmm. it factor that we've never had before, which is that 2%, that 3%, and the amount of equity that everybody has. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that is happening is there's a generational thing that has just switched switched where boomers have outsold or outbought millennials and gen z's Mm. um and you're going to see that happening i think more when the numbers come out for 2023 that's 2022 numbers so there's this the boomer is just staying and i've been thinking about this i'm part of the problem because when i was building houses we built houses with, with primary master suites on the first floor for decades and decades and I'm one of them. I live in a home with a primary on the I have no reason to move other than Mrs. Smith wants to move, and that will be the reason we're going to move. <laughs> but, but I don't need to move. Everything I need is on my first level. I can age in place. They'll cart me off to whatever, um, and, and I'm done. And, and that product type is out in a big way. So all these different factors, I just don't see inventory creeping up. And plus the – I mean, we – the localities are not going to let more stuff get built. Yeah. I don't think interest is the big deal breaker right now. I agree. I, I think mm-hmm. it's inventory. Holly Foster says, I, can't, I cannot wait for Mr. Ornalis's new restaurant. I get carry out at El Mariachi on my way back from Charlottesville to Short Pump. We, I love his food, and I have many other Mexican options near me, and I choose to go to El Mariachi. That's Holly Foster, who lives in oh, Henrico. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Uh, giving wow. you some props right now. Uh, Vanessa Parkhill's watching in Earliesville. I'll get to Vanessa's comment, which I think is very, very good. Um, immigrants show their tolerance to risk when they choose to leave their home to seek the opportunity for a better life. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. It's hard. Immigrants are often well-suited to be entre- entrepreneurs because they have already taken a huge risk and proven their determination by taking that first step to come here. Very well said. Absolutely. I 1,000% agree with that. Evelyn, is it? Fuscas, uh, watching the program and giving you boys some props right now. Um, this is a question for Johnny. Uh, are you concerned at all about labor in a business that needs labor to perform? Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, like we said, we have to keep learning and you have to move on. Uh-huh. So <laughs> this is definitely going to be a different swap out for me because we – yeah, we are concerned about labor, but Mexicali is going to be run a little bit differently as far as labor-wise. Okay. You know, we're going to have to move with how the system is flowing now in many restaurants where you order off a QR code, uh-huh. you know. And you have, you know, you have staff that brings food to you and everything, but you kind of have to veer off the wait staff um, template that a lot of the restaurants have now. Just Love to it. be able to adjust for that labor, labor shortage at the time, although right now I have kind of seen a little shift, and maybe it's the cold weather, but we've had people knocking on the door right and left. Um, and actually I've seen uh, emails. Looking for jobs. Looking for jobs. I've seen emails, messages for out to Mexicali as well where, you know, they're getting one or two a day where it's like looking for work, looking for work. Now, yeah. granted, you know, I wouldn't want to be outside working in 11-degree weather in the morning. But, <laughs> and I'm going to say this because you won't, a lot of it is you guys. They know they know if they're going to work for you and your family, they're going to get taken care of. But yeah. you got to, you're going to do something different there because you've got to go. We walked the stage the other day. Tell me a little bit about what you guys are going to do on the stage. Well, you know, you're going to be out there. No, 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 You want to stay in business, right? You do not want to do that. Trust me. Trust no, me. I mean, we are, uh, you know. I don't even like myself when I sing in the bathroom. Just I mean, saying. it's a phenomenal setup. Yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're planning on having a lot of live music there. You know, some DJs, some karaoke. You know, if we can get enough mezcal into Mr. Keith over here, yeah, I think no, we can get him up on stage. That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but, no, it, it's, it's going to be a, a different uh, atmosphere there um, at Mexicali. Um, you know, River's been working hard at the, with our bar program, and hopefully I can get back into the kitchen to work into this uh, 
back to a, a authentic but modified menu for you know mm-hmm. hidden a little bit of Latino uh, inspired multi you know Peruvian Venezuelan Argentinian you know you 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 wow. have to be a little diverse there and you have sure. to bring everybody with you mm-hmm. um, and so everybody can enjoy so it's not going to be classic but it's going to have its own little kick to it that we can provide. Ricardo, since I was just talking about mm-hmm. inventory, new on them, just from that conversation, mm-hmm. of three just moved from new into pending. We are now three less oh in new in the last seven days and yeah, three crazy. more I would expect more of that to happen. in the last ten minutes. Yeah. I mean, absolutely bananas right there. Any, any refinance business picking up? Um, I have had a couple, um, not too many. Not too many, to be honest. Uh, not the way we're used to, um, but uh, yeah. Well, I think the rate kind of. Yeah, I mean the rates are. You know the folk- people are <laughs> in the two percent uh, even. Why, why refine? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this question's come in. What's uh, does he see uh, home equity lines of credit happening? Um, yes, uh, we do have a department for home equity. Um, it's not something I do, um, but yes, uh, we're seeing a lot of those. Because they're taking their equity out of their homes that they've mm-hmm. bought and either starting businesses or acquiring new new properties because mm-hmm. the equity is built so much yeah. over over the last the last several yeah. years. Yes. So back to this back to this how we can help the Hispanic community. I know we've talked a little bit about it, but anything else that that comes to mind, Ricardo, that we can do as real estate professionals? Well, as real estate professionals, the very first thing I would encourage you guys to do is uh, go to narep.org. That's N-A-H-R-E-P.com, not .org, I'm sorry, .org, slash membership. Get your mm-hmm. membership um, for as minimum as $49 um, for the, the smallest one or the uh, platinum membership at 199 and you're going to start to get um, notifications in your email with um, premium opportunities for you to become and, and get into Hispanic uh, market. Um, that's the very first thing. Get involved. I mean, the, uh, as you know, the Hispanic market is growing. Uh, right now it's hovering over 50%. And yep. in the next 20 years, it's expected to go up to 70%. Uh, do you prefer to stay on the sidelines or do you prefer to get a little bit of the 70%? Uh, in my opinion, I would do my best to get part of the 70%. Um, and so, yeah, so that's the, that's the recommendation. Be part of this. Um, it's, it's a nonprofit that we're, we're looking to help Hispanics um, continue growing their home ownership percentages and, you know, get into a multi-generational homes. Yes, sir. Yeah, so if, you got, if you're a real estate agent watching this, and I'm, I'm, I'm a member, I get these wonderful mm-hmm. uh, emails every day. It, it's just great uh, to read and to learn and be an advocate. But, you know, let's face it, to your point, uh, mm-hmm. the Hispanic community is the going is and will be the largest buying uh, yeah. minor, uh, pool out there. Yeah, uh, I, and, I agree. And get educated about how to help these folks. Here's yeah. an interesting question from Jennifer for Johnny. Which uh, local jurisdiction has been the easiest for restaurant openings? That's what do you got. You guys got Albemarle, Charlottesville, and Louisa, and Louisa. now. I'd yeah. probably say Louisa. Yeah. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down. Louisa. I yeah. mean, yeah. 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 It's just, it's basically you turn stuff in. Oh, okay, here you go. I, I, I think we like had zero we didn't right now. Even signage, anything. We yeah. did not have any issues out there. But Louisa County yeah. has, for decades, always been pro business and pro growth, particularly in Zion's, yeah. Zion's Crossroads. I mean, they're, they 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 got it right over three decades ago, bringing water to there and they planned for it and if you take a look at the documents that they put together 30 years ago what you're looking at is what they were thinking so uh you know they're very but they're they're absolutely great to to work with multiple people asking when are we going to see mexicali open why don't you give them uh give them an update if they're just tuning in now uh i don't actually have an update at this moment you know unfortunately i wish i did it's out of his hands right now it's out of my hands right now yeah it's i think it's a matter of how much smith does as far as the coaching goes yeah. So time will tell. We'll let you know for sure. Everyone's very, 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 very excited. Yeah. That's the opposite of Louisa County. Yeah. Um, how about some closing thoughts, viewers, for the viewers and listeners, Ricardo, on anything that's on your mind? Yeah. So um, 
I think 2022 is going to be more of a get start to get a sense of back to normal, um, in my opinion. Uh, and the reason, and to understand what that means, uh, is you, re you really have to think back, right, to what happened in the in the past four years, 2020 and 2021. If you remember, um, office workers uh, were relocated, um, right? So some businesses started to discover that working online, working from home, was actually a benefit uh, in some cases. In other cases, it was not a benefit. I was talking to Johnny. Um, before the show, and he said that in, in his business, it was a benefit because people uh, were ordering um, online, uh, so he didn't uh, suffer as, as much as other, other businesses. Um, but you also had some uh, shutdowns. You had uh, restaurants shutting down. You had other type of businesses shutting down um, because people were afraid, right? People were afraid to go on public, uh, and we all know that I was afraid to go on public and get COVID-19. Uh, the other thing that happened in the banking industry was the consumer spending, mm. right? Cons uh, people um, that were used to going out and buying products, uh, buying services, uh, they no longer were able to do that because they were afraid to go out. So instead, from home, they went online and they started ordering products, right? So the consumer spending shifted, and you saw that shift on there. Uh, that was 2020, 2021, and then you see the second wave, which was 2022 and 2023, which you started to see supply chain problems. Um, there was a few product uh, shortages, um, like there was a few uh, computer chips that were not being delivered on time. And so you started to see inflation rocket like crazy all over. Um, and, so, and, and then you had the Fed coming into the mix, right? The Fed looking to improve the inflation or, or, get, or get the inflation down by increasing the rates. So the 10-year treasury started to go up. Um, and we ended the year 2023 as close to five as we possibly could get. We, uh, even some economists were saying that we were going to go into recession, um, which I'm so glad it didn't happen. Same. Um, and um, in, in 2024, in my opinion, we do expect the rates to cut the rates down, right? The, the Fed to start cutting the rates down. Uh, and I think they're going to proceed aggressively over the course of this year, heading into 2025. Um, and then um, hopefully in 2026, we'll be at the 4 and 5% interest rates. So that, that's my uh, wrap up. There you go. There's your outline for the next two years. Thank you, sir. Very nicely done. Same for you, Johnny. Anywhere you want to go. Um, I think. Uh I think our path to moving forward, especially with uh, NARAP and stuff, is just getting the right information. You know, um, I think the hardest part about this is, uh, like we talked about, it was a trust to having um, the community trust the banking system, trust the system, and getting educated on how it all functions. You know, I've known many, many people that I've told them, hey, you got to talk to these people. You plan on buying a home. They go in, they're like, well, you know, they said I had to, had to do this, and it's going to take about a year. I was like, yeah. I was in those same shoes a few years ago. I said, it, it, it takes some work. So I think, uh, you know, aside from inventory, I think we can move forward if, mm -hmm. if uh, the community gets educated on how this actually functions and if they can start working on a path to ownership, having the right information, having these guys right here get the information to them, you know, we could, uh, this, the system could grow. And, um, and it's just information. It's not going to hurt you. Well, on that line, so thank you for throwing the segue, at, a softball at me. Um, mm -hmm. Once a month, we're going to keep on focusing on this. Yeah, this is bring, great. Bringing ex experts in on it that can speak for, from firsthand. Uh, but uh, we're a little over, so we're, we're going to bid adieu. And thank you, gentlemen, for coming in. Thank and, you. Thank uh, you. Keep a track on for next month on, on dates and times. Yep. Johnny Ornalis is fantastic. Keith Smith's fantastic. Ricardo Cruz ran. Judah Wickhauer behind the camera. Real Talk with Keith Smith archived at realtalkwithkeithsmith.com. Thank you kindly for joining us on a Monday. The I Love Simo Show, guys, is up at 1230. So long, everybody, and take care.